Welcome to the Che and Pav podcast experience. Please grab a coffee, set down your marking, and embark on this playful, fun, yet genuine listening experience on education. Jay Cheney and Pav Wander, also known as Jim Guy and Wander Woman. Welcome to the staff room, a half hour to engage in some meaningful conversation about some of the topics we think are pertinent and relevant to our day-to-day teaching experience. The Staff Room Podcast episodes are hosted by Voice Ed Radio weekly on Tuesday mornings and on Fridays. At 9 a.m. Eastern, we host The Drive, an educational morning radio show filled with great chatter and amazing music. Check out the staff room on the School Rubric website, where our origin story and weekly articles are posted, and our podcast can also be heard. We are also on the On Podcast Media Network and are connected to an amazing group of educators who have come together to form the Education Never Dies team. You can find us all on Twitter. Check out our link tree on our Twitter handle, at Staff Podcast, for more information about us. And so let's dive right into episode 44. Today we are talking about exploring teacher blogs. There are so many teachers out there that have started uh, recording and archiving what they are doing in their classroom and their experiences with pedagogy, with different best practices, and how they are involving their students into bettering their teacher practice, and what we, as people on the outside, can learn from reading all of these expansive blogs that exist on the web. And so we want to focus in on a little bit about how we learn from the blogs. And it's not so much about us sharing our voices, but now a learning from the voices that other people are sharing. So we will dive right into that episode in just a moment. Before we do, I'm just going to introduce us as your hosting team. We are the Staff Room Podcast, and I make up half of the hosting team. My name is Pav. I sometimes go by Wonder Woman, and sometimes I go by Gentle Summer Rain. I have a co-host, and uh, he sits next to me when we record, and his name is Che. You may not know him very well uh, until he turns on the hurricane, so I'm going to let him introduce himself. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Hey. That, that was like a twofer. I had to do two for one because I'm pretty sure I've done a movie reference of the first one before. So I'm like, we're 43 episodes in. Like, how many movies do you expect me to be able to reference in? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. Like, maybe episode 42 was me at my best and I just crashed. We're, we're, first of all, we're at episode 44. 
Okay, so 42 still might have been my best one. Maybe I just barely held on on 43, and now that we're at 44, I, I, I'm, that's it. I'm done. Like, Jeff and Ray, give us, give, give me a hand here. Like, tell me, how, how do you keep the, the fires burning? I don't know. It's a tough one. Do they Secondly, do, though. I don't think they do impressions, though. I don't. I, I don't think they I don't think they do. I think we we own the market on impressions. And by we I mean you. Hey. <laughs> I have to say though, I didn't know either of those, so you're still on top. I, I just, it was assumed that you didn't get either of them, but it, you must have refer, you must you must have a hint because you knew there was two of them rather than one of them. But yes, true. <laughs> you're right. Very few people know me as Jay. No, I don't think anybody knows what your your first name is. <laughs> they know the hurricane. They, they know, know the Jim hurricane. Guy. Jim Guy. And then if we're in Canada, they know Jim Guy A. Yes, that's right. Or that's if you're in Australia, because we got a listenership in Australia, it's like, Jim Guy, that's not a knife. <laughs> that's a knife. Or, or I guess I should change that. that I thought you were going to say mate. <laughs> that, that's not skipping rope. That's a skipping rope. <laughs> that was really good. It wasn't bad. Yeah, no, I but like we, it. The funny thing is with, you know, advanced statistics and being a gym guy, you know, I like advanced statistics watching sports. I like to know these things. For everyone that's in Australia that listens, we really appreciate. Now, we appreciate anywhere, but Australia is sort of like, the, it's a surprise find. Like, yes. we know we're going to have listeners in Canada. We know we're going to have listeners in the United States. And we know we have sparse listeners everywhere, which is great, but we actually have a... F- a, a pretty a significant listenership in Australia. Yeah. It's it's weird because you do expect your circle to start from local and then expand. And then, you know, you would have the Canadian listenership, the U.S. listenership. And then, you know, any countries that are sort of around there. I don't know why I'm thinking geographically. I guess I w- it should really be thinking about where education sort of puts a lot of prominence on uh, potentially listening to where they podcasts. See, yeah, where the they see podcasts. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. where podcasting is is big, and so I guess in Australia, podcasting is a, is a good place for you to get get some professional development, and perhaps that's why we've sort of picked up a little bit of speed. Or I don't know, maybe Anchor has some sort of backroom deal with Australia. <laughs> maybe where everyone everyone thinks it look like uh, Mick Dundee. Yeah, or maybe that. He's like, that guy looks like he's Australian, and he does an okay (laughs) accent. I have done a a Crocodile Dundee reference at one point. But it is funny when you look at the stats, and we look at the stats here or there, but it was funny to see, and it's not so much about numbers, it's about, and one thing we've learned a lot from Voice Ed Radio and Stephen Hurley is about reach and creating a space. And, you know, it's great to connect with educators all around you, but it's even greater. I don't know if that's even proper grammar, but it's, it's fantastic to reach and be communicating and interacting with educators far beyond just maybe say your classroom walls so we know we have great listenership all over the place we certainly have a big blip a big growth in australia and uh, so we referenced it this morning yeah or today or the afternoon or night or uh maybe you're just listening to this and it's 2025 (laughs) so a couple of years ago that's right (laughs) yes um it it has been fantastic and and it has been great to see the growth all over the world and you know what spurred this on as i cut you off was on the drive this morning Mm -hmm. when we had uh andreas i'm gonna i don't know his name per se i've never had a a face-to-face conversation so that's just my pronunciation on what i see on twitter if i need to correct it i Andreas. andres maybe anders 
I will absolutely correct it because yes. we want always want to make sure we get names correct. Absolutely. Because um, that's of, of such value. But just from reading it, but never having a face-to-face, never having a Zoom, he joined the drive this morning and mm-hmm. it, we're doing the morning live drive. And he's like, this is midnight in Australia. But it was so fantastic for him to, to join the drive. And we always, from the podcast, we love to remind people, hey, join us on the drive. But at some point, we're going to have to be on the drive and say, hey, you know, we have we have a podcast too, you know. <laughs> I think we've started doing that. Hey, if you guys love the drive, we also have, we also moonlight as podcasters. That's right. So, <laughs> so check us out on our podcast. But we're, we're six minutes in and we keep promising. <laughs> I mean, I keep promising that for the summer, we'll keep these episodes a little shorter. We and we really want to talk to about, uh, last week we talked about influences and we talked a lot about some apps that we use to generate some conversation beyond, of course, students and teaching is generation of uh, generating conversation. But we've also, we're thinking about it today. And of course, one of our regular practices often is to read other teachers' blogs, other educators' blogs, but quite often it's other teachers' blogs. And there is a distinct difference between an educator and a teacher. Not that one is better, but there is a distinction. Um, The teacher blog, the teacher story is one that is direct from in the classroom that day. And an educator, they just as important, but their role might be slightly different. They may be an administrator. They may be a coach. They may see 60 different classes. They may see one student every once in a while. They may be administrating policy. Sometimes as teachers, we, we really appreciate the stories of another teacher. It's anecdotal, which doesn't necessarily make it a fact, but we resonate and we connect often with anecdotal stories where we can make connections. So today's episode really wanted to be about the power of reading other educators and other teachers' blogs. You know, as we were getting ready to uh, record this episode, we were sort of talking about some of the things that we have learned from uh, from reading other people's blogs. And I had mentioned to, to Che that sometimes it surprises me that people resonate with my story. Because when I think about my story, it feels, it's it's obviously very unique to me, but it feels like you know, maybe people won't relate to this because it is so about me. But something that has been surprising in my journey in this past year is that it, my story resonates with so many people. And so we started listening or we started reading other people's other teachers blogs, um, to get to know those teachers a little bit, but also to see how much of their story also resonates with us. And you know, it has been surprising. It shouldn't be surprising perhaps, but it has been a little bit surprising to see that so many teachers go through so many of the same struggles. We have the same experiences, whether we are teaching in Toronto or whether we are teaching on the other side of the planet, we go through the same struggles and, and nothing has brought us closer together as a community of educators, a community of teachers than COVID-19, because now we are openly talking about what happens in our rooms day to day and how it's been affected by the coronavirus and uh, how our teaching practices, how our best practices, how the pedagogy has changed. And um, it has become abundantly clear that we all share a lot when it comes to education. And some of our, some of the anecdotes that we have read from the blogs that we, we have uh, been exposed to have been very similar to our own experiences. And that sense uh, makes us feel like we are in a 
in a community, even though we might have miles and miles between us, we feel very close to those teachers and we are able to develop best practices going forward uh, based on what we are reading from, from those people's anecdotes. And that has been very powerful. This uh, episode's about blogs, but you said something. Like she said a lot of things. You said something that made me defer a little bit. And that's that's the power of authentic conversation, unscripted conversation. Is one word can to, to deviate the conversation or not maybe not deviate, move it on in a different path, different journey. And you talked about COVID nineteen. And of course COVID nineteen's been all everyone's mind. And and it's even more so, it's even reheightened as we you know, everyone did this crisis learning to get into the summer and then all of a sudden we realized they're you COVID-19 doesn't it, it's not like a rash that clears up in three days we realize oh wait I had the summer off and a lot of us just sort of thought everything would sort of return to normalish afterwards and we realize we're nowhere near to normal uh, even a new normal and COVID-19 when you talked about this idea of it's really let us openly dialogue about our practice and what's working where it's not the, the everything every negative everything is a, is like a flip of the coin so the negative with the positive they're they're inherently connected and i think sometimes with covid-19 when i'm sort of sort of shifting my lens or my mindset is that this is a batting practice fastball that i just smashed out of the park mm-hmm. meaning it is a, given me a free opportunity to see things and discuss things that maybe in the hustle bustle of our normalcy we didn't bother to look at Equity, equity was obviously an issue. And of course, we all focused on tech right away. But the problem becomes when you sort of think about what your classroom was, is that it became obvious that equity, that tech was an issue, but equity was always an issue, tech and beyond within our class. But maybe in the uh, hustle bustle, we didn't necessarily see it. We were in, in a panel the other day and just listening, not part of the panel, listening to the panel. And they talked about, you know, our students going to have all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of trauma they're dealing with. And I didn't disagree, but you know what my first thought was? Is that our kids were already dealing with tons of anxiety and tons of trauma in our spaces, but because we were sort of used to the routine, used to the normalcy, that maybe we stopped seeing it. Maybe we didn't notice it. And going back to our schools or not going back to our schools, let's say we everything solved itself and we could go back to our schools. The anxiety is still there. Yeah. The trauma is still there. Yeah. It's there for different students, different times, different issues. We've been given the, the that batting practice fastball to see all these things now and have these conversations about it now. But it's not that they didn't exist and it's not that they're not going to exist in different forms when we go back. So I know we're talking about teacher blogs, but when you talked about how COVID-19 has given us this opportunity, it's been tough to deal with. It's been crisis learning, crisis teaching, but it is a batting practice fastball this gives me a free chance we talked about even going on to grade lists and feedback and 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 not using grade list marks and states are dropping state testing like this is a freebie this is someone throwing me an 82 mile per hour fastball right down the middle middle in middle in because i'm a lefty and i smash out a park i didn't understand anything you said in that last sentence the the first part of that statement was true you didn't understand anything i said (laughs) yes uh sometimes that's true um but yeah you know what covid19 has been able to do is give us a common crisis um you see this a lot in people who have been through traumatic situations together like uh people who have gone through a plane crash together and survived right like survivors of a crash or survivors of a war or survivors of a particular event they build a community together to be able to or they can uh to be able to discuss the things that they are all going through and as teachers 
around the world, we have, um, I don't want to say we have been given the opportunity because it has been a crisis and a traumatic experience. Um, but we have this, this commonality between all of us that gives us the opportunity to, to build together, to discuss together. And regardless of where you are geographically, um, we've been able to engage in conversations with people on the other side of the planet and still be able to connect with them because of what we went through together. And so that, as you said, Che, is very important because now that we have been able to discuss all of these issues together, we have now been given the opportunity to be able to move forward together as well. This opportunity, if I bring it back to our topic, is yeah. probably why we've been even more engaged in teachers' blogs. We've had a little bit more opportunity mm-hmm. and maybe seeking them out a little bit more. And we've been very active in reading teachers' blogs and the the power of Twitter, one of the many powers of Twitter versus many disadvantages of Twitter, um, is that people will share blogs, share their content, share their work. As I diverge again, like we have a podcast, it's great. We have a radio show, it's great. But you know what brings value to those platforms is that we are equally invested in what other people get to do with their platform and yes, their voice. Right. It's one thing to have a podcast, but if you're not going to bother listening to anyone else's voice, uh, sorry, as a teacher, I got no time for sages on sages. Yeah. If you just want to perform and get going, then that's not what we like this podcast. No. A lot of our podcast is generated by the equal value of someone else's voice, a story, an article, uh, a blog, another podcast that generates conversation. Well, because ultimately, I think we we both got into this entire thing to be able to learn. No, 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 no. To make money. (laughs) How's that going for you? I want to make money, 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 money. OJ's 1972. Oh, I thought you were going with the ABBA version. Money, money, money. Must be funny. Yeah, hilarious, In a actually. Rich world. <laughs> oh, this is this, this is role reversal right here. This is it fantastic. Is. But of course, uh, there's no money in and having a podcast is two teachers. Just no. two teachers no. or teachers. I don't know. We'll get that's another episode. Save that. Just. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know what I was talking about. Your money. We were talking about why we get into podcasting. Yeah, so we, we, we got into this to be able to learn, right? And and we wanted this to be uh, an opportunity for professional development. Well, there's only so much that we can learn from each other because we talk to each other all the time. And so, you know, just putting it out on the airwaves is not going to build our, our, our sort of development professionally. We have to be able to learn from other people. And so that has been a blessing unto itself. Um, and, and Twitter really allows for easy sharing of information, I think. And so we've come across so many blogs, um, all that have a different feeling, a different vibe to them. Um, but ultimately teacher blogs come down to what is working with me and my classroom and not always, you know, in my classroom, but what is working with me as a teacher personally, in my classroom, in my school, in the community of education altogether. And it allows for us to build our perspectives as teachers. It gives us the chance to see what other people are feeling, other people are doing, and how it relates back to what we are doing and what we are feeling. And that is important. That is uh, resonation. That is what resonates with us and how we can relate and how we can bring it back to our own experiences so that we can say, 
Yes, I feel the same. No, I don't feel the same. Yes, I've experienced the same thing as you. And therefore I empathize with what you're going through or no, I haven't, I haven't experienced that at all. And, uh, can you help me learn a little bit more? The blogging experience tends to be anecdotal. It's not necessarily a book. It's not cited. It doesn't have a bunch of sources and it doesn't have to, but often we build validity or confidence in our own anecdotal story when we can connect to others that have the same anecdotal story. Stats and data matter. They're important. Sources that are cited are important. But part of that, part of the the complexity of really self-development is also reading anecdotal stories because you want to know who else is an expert? The teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm an expert in my space. Uh, I, I don't have a master's. I don't, I don't have a book and I don't have a TV show. I don't know if you get TV shows as teachers. But, <laughs> you can. But That's I do, our next step. <laughs> but, I, but I do have 20 years of experience in a richly diverse community that, that I could go through every, unfortunately, cliche moment of, of bad things that can happen that have made me a, a good teacher striving to be a great teacher. Mm-hmm. And without a blog or a podcast that I have no platform to showcase and listen to other experts. And teachers are experts. In their own spaces. That's right. I think that's something that everybody needs to understand is you are an expert in your space. You can call yourself an expert in your space. And I love reading other experts' opinions of what's going on in their space. And I learn from it and I reflect from it. And quite often it it connects, as you said at the beginning, it connects to a feeling I already had. But sometimes we think, are my feelings right? Are my feelings uh, well-versed? Could I present this in a staff meeting and have backing? And when you read other teachers' blogs, it builds your own capacity for your own learning. And teacher blogs, educator blogs are so important. You want to read the factual information, the cited information, the books, but you want to add to your repertoire, teacher blogs, educator blogs, or anecdotal stories, but that doesn't uh, dispel from, disperge from their validity. They're anecdotal stories from experts in their spaces, and we can build our capacity, build our confidence that what we're experiencing isn't on an island. It's a shared experience. And that gives us a little bit of confidence to share our voice further. So this episode is all about, let's get into blogs. Let's read other blogs. If you're producing content, that's wonderful. That's great. That's your voice. That's your platform. But you want to know how you validate it? By making sure you're interacting with other people's voice and their blogs and their content to say, here's my voice, but I want to hear your voice as well. It's engaging with different perspectives. And I personally don't think that you can uh, really get to know other people's experiences without understanding their perspectives. And speaking of perspectives, we've got a little bit of a different perspective uh, here for us on our three enlightened minutes. We normally are featuring other educators, other teachers. And uh, today we have something a little bit different. We have a chef who is not a teacher who is going to be talking about his experiences within education and, and sort of as the, the demonstrator sort of a scenario or also the person who received demonstration or education from others. This Three Enlightened Minutes guest is a great representat- representation or it's like reading a blog to see what motivates our students. Yeah. And in his story, you're going to hear, you know, what got me fired up? And then it reminds us not necessarily to stick to 
I guess, traditional core teaching elements, core curriculum. It validates the sort of the steam, the arts, the the fringe subjects. And it's a great three enlightenment. And so it's pertinent to education because it's strong voice. It's a reflection on student learning. It's student anecdotal story on what motivated me as a student to to want to learn and do more. Yeah, that's right. So our our three enlightenment guest today is Chef Devin Rajkumar, and he is executive chef of Chef Dev, um, and he he is here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and uh, he has a fantastic Instagram page where he, since COVID nineteen began, has been doing amazing tutorial videos for families and uh, and for people to be able to learn alongside him, and so um, he's done a great job of being helpful to others. And then in his three enlightened minutes, he is going to highlight what education did for him and the impact of his education on the culinary arts for others. So here is Chef Dev for our three enlightened minutes. My name is Chef Devin Rajkumar, and these are my three enlightened minutes. What I wanted to discuss and share today is the passion that I've had over the years since I began cooking in Toronto and in Richmond Hill and in the GTA about 13 years ago. I've always made it a point to work closely with kids because kids are the future. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, things really impacted me. And certain things that I witnessed and I experienced as a child, they ring through later on in my life. Things that impacted me and influenced me. For example, give you a great example. Growing up watching Emeril Lagasse on Food Network, I was a kid. And uh, when he would yell, bam, you know, that really got me going and really got me into cooking and really got me into studying more about food and becoming a better cook. And, you know, ultimately, I ended up going to culinary school. And now I've been cooking professionally in Toronto and internationally uh, for the past 13 years. The international work has really come about in the past four or five years, Scotland, Pakistan, Nepal. Peru, you know, I've I've been to many different places. I'm very lucky. But it's all uh, one thing that's remained consistent over my career since I started cooking 13 years ago is working with children. Now, I had a friend named Anjali. And Anjali brought me into her school when I was in culinary school. I remember I wore my chef hat and I went in to her school in Scarborough. And she had uh, students in grade one. And I did a live demonstration for them. And it was so much fun. And you could see how excited they were and how, how wide their eyes got and how many questions they had. And a lot of the questions that they were asking in grade one are a lot of the questions that adults ask me now, which is super exciting. And, and another cool thing, too, is another friend of mine, uh, Aaliyah, she worked in the York region area. And uh, she organized these different kinds of, uh, not conferences, but events in the school gyms and to bring schools together, et cetera, et cetera. So what she did was... She brought me in about four years ago to do a live demonstration. It was a hands-on demo with a bunch of kids. This was in the East Markham area of the GTA. And uh, that actually set off a chain of events whereby when I started there and did that live demonstration, I ended up doing another dozen schools like that. And I would go into the gyms and we would do live demonstrations. And uh, it's just so much fun being connected with the kids. I love being able to to provide them with some inspiration, share my journey. I was in Millican Mills uh, High School um, uh, towards the end of, uh, sorry, at the beginning of last summer for another program that they had there. So I love working with kids and children. I find it's very important to, to set the right tone and to set good examples for them 
and I'll continue to work with kids. I work with Rooks to Cooks, which is an amazing program in Toronto. I'm one of their ambassadors. So I just love working with the children and I love being able to make an impact. And uh, those are my three enlightened minutes. Back to you, Chay and Pav. If you smell what Chef Devin Rajkumar is cooking. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. I hope he's a wrestling fan. But this was a great segment. Um, it was a great segment because it, it was. it's a little different than the three enlightened minutes we've had. But it really, it's an anecdotal story of what motivates our students that they can watch a show. A singular moment can just put them on a path to something great. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in our core curriculum. Perhaps it's in a subject matter that we don't uh, give as much time to, or maybe it's in one of those fringe subjects that we don't, we aren't able to invest as much energy in, or as much of the resources in to make it. Like lots of teachers embed cooking in their program, but there's so much limits to being able to do it regularly on costs and everything else in your classroom that it makes it tough to really embed a great cooking program. So I really like this segment. It really highlights what we as teachers don't ever undervalue those. Fringe is a, is a misappropriate term. I'm of just, course, yeah. It's just my way of expressing anything that's not the traditional core right. that people fixate on. Um, but this was a great segment on what's inspiring our students. Yeah, I just want to highlight two quick things before we move back into our episode. Um, one, Chef Dev's videos that he started posting at the beginning of, um, you know, distance learning when everybody was at home. Um he started posting these teaching videos where he would pick like very simple, easy things for people to try and make at home. Um, my kids really gravitated towards these videos. And every day they would ask, hey, did Chef Dev post a new video? And uh, and we would go and check and we would watch the video and then they, they would want to make what he he had made. And so we would we would cook together. And that, you know, inspired my younger son who who was already kind of enthralled with cooking in general but he was just like I think I want to be a chef when I grow up I think this is what I want to do this is this is a lot of fun and I really like the videos I really want to be able to make my own videos and so it was very inspirational for students to watch and say this is something that we could do And secondly, one of the most successful activities during distance learning for my class in math was a cooking activity with the fractions unit. We left school in March while we were working on fractions and our culminating task was to go shopping together, pick up all the groceries that we needed to make a particular meal, come back to school, use the kitchens that we have in the school to be able to cook and then have a feast together. This was our culminating activity and my students were so upset that we didn't get to do it that I made this their their culminating task for that unit uh, as an at-home activity. And although it wasn't the same thing, the amount of participation that I got from my students, the amount of sharing of videos, I had students that had made cooking videos, uploaded them on YouTube and sent me the links to them. Um, I had students who took step-by-step pictures. None of this was part of the assignment. None of this was asked for. Um, they provided all of this on their own because they were inspired by it. And so this is something that really highlights a 
a, a opportunity, a career that's outside of the realm of uh, the traditional academics, as you said, Che. And but it's something that it's so passion. People are so passionate about that we should be considering cu- the culinary arts as part of our curriculum and part of something that we embed so that students are aware of what they can do with education once they graduate. I can connect. I can make an anecdotal story. My my own children have been into cooking more than anything. Yeah. You know, with schooling and their soccer and then all that put on hold, they've been cooking up a storm and just looking, exactly what you said, they're looking up for sources. They're, they've been diving into Pinterest to find something mm-hmm. to make. Um, but Chef Devin... The real Chef Devin, or my Chef Devin, who is my middle daughter, um, it's been a great experience for them. And really, there's so much value. If you're listening to this episode and you have know of a teacher blog that's talking about the power of, of cooking in their classroom for learning experience, please share. I'd love to read that. That would be fantastic. Because this episode is also about teacher blogs. Yeah. And there's so much value in teacher blogs because, as we talked about before, we get to hear other teacher voice, other expert voice, an expert voice that is often not heard. Mm-hmm. And that's why it is so valuable. To It's like checking the, the grassroots resources, books and, and, and those type of things are great, but they, they've been filtered. They've been edited. They've been, this is raw, this is raw, authentic, raw yeah. research. Um, and I want to, I want to hear the raw anecdotes and, and I'm going to gravitate to some, some I might not necessarily like, but the less something's filtered, the more power it gives me to filter it for my own learning. I don't need, I don't need you or a board, et cetera, to filter everything a thousand different ways and then give it to me as a a step of linear steps for, for, for progress. Let me read a teacher's blog and, and, and then let me take it one step further, read a teacher's blog and then communicate with them. Talk to them because it's so easy to do when those blogs are posted on Twitter. You can go back to the source and say, hey, I just read your blog. It was fantastic. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about what your thoughts were and where they came from because I experienced so much of the same. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to make sure you, you, you read and you absorb, but then you reach out and connect because teachers love to connect. Yes. Uh, and pe- people love to have a little bit of... Um, interaction with their content we think of our podcast whether we think it's a great episode or not for ourselves is irrelevant it's when 10 people say i loved hearing this can you tell me more about that that's where it really brings Mm -hmm. a little bit more relevancy um and you're absolutely right when you read a teacher blog reach out have a a communication with them there's so many blogs that we read and follow and we'd like to highlight a couple but highlighting a couple is not not highlighting other ones right um we're just thinking of, 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 of sort of the few we've read recently. Uh, we know Chris, and we know Debbie, and we know Clarissa, and we'll add this on, on our Instagram. In the, well, I'll add all of these, uh, all of the links to the different blogs in our episode notes, yep. so that you can just go and click on all of the um, the blogs yep. right there in the episode Jillian notes. Jillian and Hedrick, they've yeah. got a YouTube, a little expansion of the blog. Exactly. Like Jillian's got a webpage, yeah. she's got a little bit of a podcast with it tony coppola like the tony coppola is a great friend we've met and how did we meet him we read his blog one day that's right and he interacted with his blog and then it exploded and blossomed into this great friendship a whatsapp and a voxer chat that we talk and communicate regularly part of our education never dies team was just these type of relationships uh so as much as you want to sit on twitter and bash bash it uh the, the ultimate irony is that we want teachers to forge 
and cement real relationships and build something of significance and then not actually just tear down. Um, it, it, Tony is one of those great ideas. Like I, as, as I'm talking about the blogs that we've ventured into, I don't want to leave any blogs out, but teacher blogs have really influenced us. They've really allowed us to make really great connections and relationships with people beyond our board, beyond our building, and that's of such value. It's added um, value that when you start to collect many different anecdotal stories, at some point the anecdotes pivot and they leverage and it's no longer just an anecdotal story it starts to become a collection of data and experiences that have even more validity and so we encourage you and you're probably already reading blogs Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not for me to encourage you you know i'm i've been inspired by teacher blog i'm sure you've been inspired too Uh, there's so much value in reading those uh, you said that authentic teacher experience explore, go on Twitter, find teacher blogs, read their blogs. Most blogs are like a four or five minute read. And it it gives you a new perspective. It also validates your experiences that it builds your confidence to speak up. I see you giving me the, I'm in, I'm in, let's tag, let's do this. They both tag tag team, you're in. Tagged in. Yeah. You know, I just want to highlight something. You said something there that, that uh, just made me remember something that I wanted to talk about, which was uh, the fear of of reading. Sometimes when we come across the word blog, we think, oh, this is going to be like uh, 25 minutes of me sitting and reading somebody's blog. Something that I have found, and this was this was something, a preconceived notion that I had was that blog posts were going to go on and on and on forever. And I would have to filter through pictures and all kinds of stuff. But most of the blog posts that we have read have been pretty, have been very concise to the point. You know, they, they speak about the experience. There's not a lot of fluff because people want to stick to the message that they're getting across. Most blog posts that we have read take about five minutes. And so, you know, if you're worried about exploring blogs because you think that people are going to be telling their entire life story in one blog post, that's not the case. So I think that, you know, sometimes people shy away from reading blogs because they are going to be very lengthy posts and you just don't have time for it. But we have found that all of the blog posts that we are reading, they don't take more than 10 minutes per post. And, you know, you're able to gain that insight, you reach out to the teacher and it, and it doesn't take a lot of time. And I think it's something that we should all be building a little bit of time during our day four. I go through a list and this isn't a list of my best blogs. These are just a list of the blogs I went over in the last five days. Yes, yeah. I had Clarissa talking about support and mm-hmm. feedback. Beautiful. I read Debbie's blog talking about, whoa, why are we going back in regards to, is this about money? Yeah. Is this about teaching? Is it about education? Boom. Tony's blog, the love of reading. Yep. Done. His little YouTube videos on a book he's sharing. Done. Chris, a regular blog we, we listen to on the power of servant leadership. Done. Jillian's got a webpage and a, and a podcast in there. Done. Hedrick's got her weekly YouTube channel where she's uh, citing... Small bites. Yeah. Done. Yeah. That, that's five different resources, anecdotal resources, validating my resources, building my capacity for learning. You read one book or you, go, or you touch base with five different teachers. That's just what I've read this week. This week. Simple, yeah. easy, quick, a variety, diversity, um, talking about reading, talking about feedback, talking about race, talking about money, talking about teaching. In, in, in blogs that are easy to digest, raw, real information. Which is probably combined in that entire week, probably an hour's worth of time. 
probably an hour's worth of time consuming the information from all of those blogs or vlogs, video blogs, um, videos that people have posted or podcasts or whatever. That's one hour in an entire week that you've consumed so many different perspectives on different topics. That's value. I think that that's value. You're getting real bang for your buck. How much buck was that? It was $0. It didn't cost me anything to Te- do that. Teachers love to hear from other teachers. Yes. You yeah, know, one absolutely. thing we've always prided ourselves is we are just two teachers. Yes, that's right. We and, are just two and teachers. And our podcast and our radio show is the same as your blog or the same as your tweets. It's you sharing your voice to the platform that allows discussion to allows us all to propel ourselves forward. It's the summer. And, yeah. and we're promising ourselves this is summer shorts. I'm looking at the timer. I'm thinking it's already going to be about 40 minutes. Yeah, about 35 to 40 minutes. But that's okay because you know what? We are looking at the time and we are valuing your time as well. Um, this let's has ho- been. A- let's open that 35 minutes. You got your rundown. You got your 6K in. Yeah. Th- well, there you go. Your 17, minutes. You've 17 got 6K. miles. 17 miles. Don't don't go reverse. 6K is not four miles. 6K is. It's twenty. It's twenty. It's twenty kilometers. Is five miles. Uh, So I ran six k this morning. So if you're in the United States, that's twenty seven miles. So go get it. Go get it done, eh? That math makes sense. Uh, What does Australia use? My uh, no kilometers. Beauty. So they know exactly what my six kilometer was. So they know whether (laughs) I'm a a great runner or just a really poor runner. (laughs) That's right. Yes, this was fantastic. We so love that you join our space and i use this word space because i've learned it from stephen hurley it's not about numbers it's about creating a space and it's about creating a reach are you connecting with educators all over or are you or are you sort of limited to just what's around you so we love the the support you give for the drive we love the support you give for the staff room we are just two teachers sharing our insights on teaching maybe it's right maybe it's wrong but this is what teachers do we reflect we think we talk we diverge and we hope that's what you pick up from us it's just this is just friendly staff room conversation it propels our learning forward it propels our reflection forward nothing we say is inherently right it's not right because we say it same with my english lessons in fact it's probably inherently wrong because i said it in english but if we're talking about jim uh, it's right (laughs) (laughs) yes nothing that we say here is rigid we are learning along the way we are learning in the process and we appreciate every voice that we have come across in our journey whether it is in written form through blogs whether it has been through conversation or any other means uh, other podcasts as well so we thank everybody for being part of our learning community let's wrap this up i like it remember to inspire don't require always be a humble servant and education never dies You've been listening to the Staff Room Podcast with Che and Pav. Written, performed, and produced by Che Chaney and Pav Wander in association with School Rubric, an online magazine and website designed for international and global educators. You can stay connected with Che and Pav by visiting their Twitter and Instagram pages.
And also check out their articles related to each episode on the School Rubric webpage. All links are provided in the episode write-up. The podcast is recorded weekly at their in-class studio and performed in front of a live studio audience. Be sure to join Che and Pav next week because there's always something to talk about in the staff room. <laughs>